Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 82 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you're with me today. I welcome all of you with open arms, and I want you to know how seriously I am honored that you have chosen to listen to me. So today, I am jumping right into something that is pressing on my heart. So bear with me, because I feel very passionate about what I'm talking about in this episode. One of the things that is developmentally appropriate in teens is that they are not always aware or able to voice what they are feeling or thinking or what they want at times. Their emotions may feel like a tangled ball or a stew. And oh, friends, right now is one of those times when I am right there in the middle of that with them. If you're like me, you might also feel like a tangled ball of string or a stew just thick with emotions and ideas and longings. That's exactly the description I'd use right now for myself as I watch all the turmoil and pain that is rocking our nation. But the thing is, I'm not a teenager anymore. So I, as a grown-up, as an adult, have to take the time to sort through and untangle myself so that I can help my kids, who actually are teens, walk through the world right now, which is challenging. Now, if you've been with me for a while, you know I've talked about the issues of race and discrimination before in terms of books. You can listen to episodes 25 or 34 or 42 to hear me talking about books like Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi, The Hate You Give by Angela Thomas, or even A Very Large Expansive Sea by Tahira Mafi. What's happened with George Floyd is exactly why I shared those books as a starting point to talk about tough things like racism, injustice, bias, and prejudice with my teens. Now we're walking through the very real scenario of a black man dead at the hands of the police again. My heart is broken and my soul is on fire with anger at the injustice of it. And I don't have any answers, but here's what I do have. A heart for listening to those who have been oppressed and grieving with them. A humility because I know I am often ignorant about my own bias and privilege. A head to guide me in learning and transforming and changing and intentionally seeking out people who look different than I do to create friendships. And a hope that the tide will turn and that justice will be available to all. Now, for me, one of the things that I'm challenged with is seeing the big picture. And yes, it is definitely a strength as well. But in this context that I'm sharing, not so much. The details of things literally make me feel itchy. And I would much rather have the big idea and let others work out the details and the specifics. But that does not work for this crisis that we're facing as Americans. What I've discovered is the power of getting down to the granular level and doing for one what I'd like to do for many. Now, you may have heard this story before, but I'm going to share it anyway because I think it illustrates what I'm trying to explain very well. You may have heard the story about the little boy who was walking along a beach one morning where thousands of starfish had washed up on the shore from a storm the night before. 
he's taking starfish one by one and throwing them back into the ocean. A man walking by says, what are you doing? There are so many starfish. You'll never be able to get them all before they die or even make a difference. Why bother? And the little boy looks at him, holds up a starfish and replies, it matters to this one. And that's where I have to start with this one right in front of me. And to do that, I have to be in proximity, in relationship with people who look different than I do. Before I invited my friends Raven and Kelly onto the podcast to talk about the hate you give in episode 34, we first participated in a small group discussion about the book. That diverse group was made up of women who ranged in ages from their 20s to their 70s. We had women who were white, women who were brown, women who were black, and we had an open, challenging discussion that took my breath away. I learned so much, not the least of which is that even the act of listening is profound. There are people that you know right now who need to be heard, who need to know that you are open and eager to hear how they're feeling and to understand what their experience has been. Once I started to listen, I began to see the inequities that were rampant around me. And I can guarantee once you start to listen, you will too. And Let me just explain here that I literally mean just listening is profound. And I think that our friends of color have been trying so hard for so long to be heard that it's hard for them to even think past that because first they're trying to get our attention. So in this discussion that I am sharing that we had, I remember that two of the women were expressing their anger and their hurt over things that they've experienced and things that they have have observed. And I remember just literally leaning forward in my chair and asking, okay, what is the best way to show up and step in and help? And they both just kind of looked at me wide eyed and were like, oh my gosh, like nobody's really ever asked us that before. And I'm not patting myself on the back here at all by any means. And quite the opposite. Because the thing is, again, they're so determined to speak up so that the people around them like me, like you will listen, that again, it's hard to imagine what outcome they might want specifically in in terms of specifics, because I think the outcome that we all want is equality and justice equally for all. But what that looks like specifically between friends, between people you have relationships with, we're not going to get to that step of a solution until we stop and listen. That's the very first place that we have to start. So what I mentioned before, which is once you start to listen, you're going to be able to see the inequities that are rampant around you. And I'm I'm just going to give you a quick example here. So my daughter plays trumpet in the marching band at her high school. And unfortunately, um, earlier in the year, she dropped her trumpet and somehow it landed on the mouthpiece and her mouthpiece got stuck in the trumpet. It was like a little bit bent and warped. So that had happened to another student as well. And this student was a, a young man of color. And he explained to her, oh, you can go to this shop in town and they will repair it for you. I think it cost me about, you know, and he, he named a number. 
we went to the same shop. My daughter and I went in. We were helped immediately. And as we got ready to leave, I pulled out my wallet and they looked at me and they said, oh, no, don't worry about it, ma'am. We've got it, which was very kind and gracious. But when we got back into the car, I pointed out to my daughter that, hey, your friend in the band, he didn't get that same treatment. Now, maybe it didn't have anything to do with race or gender or anything like that, but I really wanted to make her aware that what we had experienced in that moment was privilege. Now, in the meeting that I had, in that book club meeting that I had, what blew me away that the asks were so simple and doable, right? So again, the first one is listen. The second one is to bear witness. And one of the examples they gave for that was, if you see somebody pulled over, a person of of color pulled over by a police officer, or maybe it's a convenience store and there's somebody out, there's a police officer outside talking with someone, the best thing that you can do is bear witness with your phone. So you pull into the parking lot and you pull your camera up and you just record because that is an extra layer of accountability for everyone. The second thing is, to invite people of color intentionally into your lives. Have them in your homes, meet them for coffee. You have to get proximate with people in order to create relationship. And you have to have relationship to talk to people about the hard stuff like racism and injustice. The next thing is to step into their shoes. Really try to have empathy and understand. This is the part where you're really trying to experience what it feels like to be um, a person who is not of the majority. And I have a great example of this. This is actually something that I talked about with my parents and my sister over the weekend. And it was um, something that happened when I was a kid, I was probably 12, maybe 13. And my father's a photographer. And he did had an ongoing project as I was growing up where he would take pictures at family reunions. And we were invited to a family reunion in Ville Platte, Louisiana. And we went as a family, it was um, my parents, myself and my younger sister and younger brother. And we were the only white people there because this was a very large African-American family. And they just embraced us and enveloped us and welcomed us and shared their food. And um, we visited and I remember playing and it was a fantastic experience. And, And the reason we were talking about it this past weekend is because I was thanking my parents for letting us have that experience because it was the very first time that I truly felt like I understood what it was like to be the only person who was different in a room full of people. And that experience has been invaluable. So it's being able, it helps me to have empathy with those who are in that same position around me and the people who look like me. Okay, the next thing that is very doable and simple that came out of that meeting that I had was to be informed. You have to look at all kinds of different news sources and look at the facts of not only our history of things that have gone on in the past, but what's happening in current events right now. And unfortunately, I'm just going to throw this out there. I truly believe that There are not really any news sources out there that are 100% unbiased. 
So I think you have to take in a variety of mediums and outlets and things like that to get a truly clear picture of what's going on. I would also say you've got to speak up. In a conversation with another friend of mine this week, she was pointing out that one of the things that she's doing with her middle schooler is talking to him about bullying and standing up for people because the incident with George Floyd dying at the hands of a police officer is an example of bullying in its worst form, in its final conclusion. Learning to stand up for others when they are being bullied is a huge step to be able to take. I will say this though, sometimes you have to speak gently and you have to maybe plant ideas versus having a debate or a discussion. Um, I read this quote somewhere earlier this week in one of the many articles that I've read, and this is what it said. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And D Dale Carnegie said that. And I just thought it was so great. A great way to, to say like when you are trying to argue someone into an opinion, it's often not going to work. So being gentle and humble about having these discussions and speaking up is the idea. Okay, and then the last thing from that group is to ditch the idea that you are saving anyone. Okay, that attitude of being a benevolent giver and I'm bestowing things on people who are less fortunate than I am is not helpful. What is helpful is having an open attitude of learning and again of humility and also what I've learned from a good friend of mine who was Kelly who was in that meeting the book club with me is that these have to be relationships which means that it's give and take so you've got to figure out how to have a teachable spirit and an open mind so that you can see what you can learn from the people that you're showing up to be in relationship with even if there are aspects of it where you are helping them as well. So it has to be a two-way street. When you do those things, not only will you be showing up in an authentic, real way, you'll also be helping your teens because you're modeling what that looks like for them. But modeling is not enough. We need to give our teens the space to work through their tangled ball, their stew of feelings and thoughts and desires on the things that are going on in our world. Or we may need, even need to inform them and educate them on it if they're not tuned in. But I am betting that your kids know more about this than you think. So if you are wanting to engage your teens in conversations about what's going on in the world right now and help them navigate through it, here are some suggestions on how to do that. So number one, you don't want to tell them what they're thinking or feeling, and you don't want to tell them what they should think or feel. What you want to do is go back to listening. So when you tell them what they're feeling, or when you tell them what they should be feeling, what you're actually doing is invalidating their actual feelings. All right. And that might stifle their desire to share with you. The second thing is to ask open-ended questions. Things like, what do you know about the man that was killed by a policeman in Minnesota? How are you feeling about that? What is the difference between the protesters and the rioters? Why do you think people are so angry? 
What do you know about the civil rights movement and the history of people of color in the United States? How do you think we can change things? What would it look like if your generation was running things? How would this be different? When have you witnessed or experienced injustice in your own life? And what does it mean to be privileged? And do you think we're privileged? Let's talk about some examples that led you to think that or not. What is bias and what biases do you think you have? Now, number three, you need to be okay with them not engaging with you in this and not answering those questions. Still ask them because our brains are wired to find answers to questions that are put in front of us. So even if your teens don't share with you, their brains are working on it. Number four, Share your own answers to the questions. Talk about any personal experiences that you have had that have opened your eyes to injustice in your world. Number five, when you experience privilege or see injustice, talk to them about it in the moment. Going back to the story that I shared about my daughter's trumpet, walking out to the car and talking about it right then was very important. Number six, Talk about ways to resist injustice and make a difference. The small things that you can do in your corner of the world, because those small things, when put together, can really move the needle. Things like praying, protesting, voting, writing politicians, donating money to organizations, and even sharing stories of people who have made a difference in this movement towards equality and justice. Now, you might be at the very beginning of this journey, or you might be in the middle of it. Either way, you might be feeling overwhelmed and like nothing will ever change. So I would love to share some resources with you. Some of these are books that I've read that have affected my outlook and educated me on some different perspectives. Others are on my to-be-read list, and some are nonfiction, some are stories, fictional novels that represent the struggle for justice that many experience. So you can find all of these in my show notes page at theishgirl.com forward slash EP82. And I've also included several videos on privilege and bias and some links to content that might be able to help you help your teens. Some of those um, books that are things like White Fragility, The New Jim Crow, The Hate You Give, A Very Large Expanse of Sea, Children of Blood and Bone, Dear Martin, How Not to Be a Racist, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria, Lies My Teacher Told Me, um, Evicted, and Just Mercy, and others. I will, again, have all those on the show notes page for this episode. But I'm going to be very frank with you. If you are new to this scene, these books will make you uncomfortable. And if you're like me, they may open your eyes to some hard truths about our country, and they might feel political. I would encourage you, implore you really, to lean in anyway, to sift through and get the facts, listen to people's experiences, grieve with them, absorb everything you can so that you can make informed decisions about the issues we're facing. Because we're in a place where staying ignorant and not choosing is actually a choice. Now, I am the first to say that I am going to mess up in this. 
I'm going to say ignorant things and I am going to make missteps and I'm going to miss opportunities. And honestly, I think a lot of times that is what stops us. That fear that we're going to offend or that we're going to be labeled as something we feel like we're not. But I hope that you guys are okay with that. I am okay with that. I am okay with possibly making a blunder because I would rather be real and authentic, engaged and grappling with all of this, aiming and falling short than standing on the sidelines too afraid of getting it wrong to lean in and to try. I'm inviting all of you into the arena with me. It's a place where we might get knocked down We might get stung and brought to our knees, but if our participation can bring about even a tiny change, isn't it worth it? When I consider what my friends and loved ones who are of color have experienced, the pain and the violence and the devastation that they've endured, those scrapes and bruises seem more than worth it. If you're looking for ways to help, I have provided, again, all kinds of links and all kinds of lists and books and videos and all kinds of things on my website, again, at theishgirl.com forward slash EP82, where you can go and look at those. Again, thank you guys so much for hanging with me today. I know this has been a heavier, more serious topic than I usually park on, but I could not not address what's going on. Again, it's a privilege to be in your ears. Know that I am honored by the time that you've given me today and from an ish girl who is hopeful and determined to leave the world better than I found it. I'm so grateful to be in the middle of it together. 